0: Hi, this is The Rock Recovery.
1: And this is Josh Vaughn.
0: And this is Angie Meadows. and Welcome today. We have another lesson for you. In today's lesson, we're going to study the word rest, resting. This is a developmental emotional maturity skill. And when you learn to rest, Josh, man, your whole life's going to change. So this is going to be an awesome study that, that I need to repeat over and over again. So read us the definition of resting.
1: Rest is a peace of mind and spirit free from anxiety and disturbance to remain confident and trusting.
0: Mm-hmm. So in Isaiah 30:15, the Lord gave me these this this one verse in repenting and returning you shall find salvation. And in quietness and trust, you shall find your strength. Well, he gave me this verse, Josh, for two years. I was one little anxious ball of mess. Uh, you know, I just, that was the way I rolled, was in anxiety. You know, fretting and worrying and trying to fix, manage, and control everything. And the Lord just kept bringing me this verse over and over again. And then one day, I was crying out to him over some circumstance and he gave me this verse again and my friend called and gave me this verse and i'm like whoa okay all right so the lord's got something here so i took the main words repenting returning quietness and trust which also means confidence and i looked them up throughout the entire bible well i decided i wasn't repenting (laughs) i wasn't returning to him um i wasn't quiet and i wasn't trusting and so i just started researching these words. And I landed on the word rest. You know, you're going to find your strength. You're going to find your rest. And that is what I started studying. So today we're going to go through Hebrews 3 and 4, and we're going to talk about why you can't enter into that rest and how to enter into that rest so that you can stand still and see what the Lord's going to do for you and know that no matter what's going on, You can be going into a lion's den, you can be going into the fire, but if you're just serving the Lord, He's going to make something good out of it. And even if I make a mistake, Josh, even if I sin, even if I stumble, if I just pick myself up and say, Lord, forgive me, You know that returning, that repenting, forgive me, Lord, forgive me. You know I'm made out of dust. You know I'm weak and feeble and faint-hearted. You know it, but I need your strength, so as I get quiet before the Lord and as I trust him to take everything meant for evil and turn it to good. Now I'm strong. Oh, but if I'm sorry. in my anxiety, You're uh, weak. I'm very weak. I'm very weak. So let's do number one. What two things should we do today? Read us Hebrews 3:15.
1: As has been said, <clears throat> today today if you hear your, his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion.
0: Hmm. So there's two instructions here
1: hear his voice and do not harden our hearts.
0: So it's my responsibility to tune my ear to hear him and my responsibility to keep my heart soft. So as I keep my heart soft and tender towards God, now I I need to ask the Lord how do I do that? So what's the characteristics of a hard heart?
1: Unbelieving heart.
0: Yeah, it's unbelief. So here read this.
1: Rebellious hard heart will be easily identified by fear, anger, bitterness, depression, sadness, confusion, anxiousness, double-mindedness, and unbelief. Stuck.
0: <laughs> I'm going to be totally stuck in my emotions. So uh, a hard, unbelieving heart is stuck in those fleshly soulish emotions so unbelief is exhibited in grumbling and complaining so if i hear myself grumbling and complaining i know that i've got some movement I, i've got to make i've got some things i got to lay on the altar before the lord so do you know what are the characteristics of a soft believing heart
1: resting peaceful confident trusting steadfast believing and contented heart
0: now this sounds like something that's bigger than me yeah, <laughs> this sounds like something I've got to practice first. Yeah. I've got to realize that. Oh, wait a minute, my heart's hard. Um, wait a minute, um, you know, because if my my seed is going to be robbed. In that uh, parable of the seed and the sower, the deceitfulness of riches and the cares of the world are going to rob my fruit. So, of course, the enemy wants the deceitfulness of riches and the cares of the world, the circumstances around me, to just flip me and make me crazy so that I have a hard, unbelieving heart and my fruit is stolen. But if I want to be the soft ground that produces tenfold, a hundredfold, then I need to move Myself into this trusting, confident, steadfast, believing, contented heart. And the way I do this is I pray. And and it doesn't take a minute or two until I'm like, okay, the anxiety's gone. I've moved it to the altar. Lord, you're doing something here. I don't understand. Your ways are higher, your thoughts are higher, but I know your my God is good. And I know this is going to end up good. And I just can't wait to see what you're doing with this mess. <laughs> so once I get that kind of an attitude, the Lord moves. So let's look at Hebrews three sixteen. When some heard God's voice, what did they do? Who were
1: the who were they that heard him rebelled? Were they not all those Moses led out of Egypt?
0: Hm. So they rebelled when they heard God's voice. And and Moses had been up on the mountain and the mountain was you know. Thunder and lightning and dark and and they were like oh oh Moses you go figure out what God's saying and you tell us and we'll listen to you but we're not listening to God we don't want to listen to him huh. uh, and so in Hebrews through seventeen with whom was God angry or that word angry means grieved who was he grieved with
1: and with whom. Was he angry, greed for 40 years? Was it not with those who sinned, whose bodies perished in the wilderness?
0: So, God was angry or grieved with those who sinned, and their sin was refusing to listen to his voice, refusing to have the ear, and refusing to believe. So, here it is. What was their sin?
1: Having a hard heart of disobedience. The, the sin. sin was unbelief.
0: Belief. Could the worst sin of the Bible be unbelief, Josh? Yeah just not trusting God, and so therefore I never get to rehearse his promises. I never get to say, but God, you said. Instead what I rehearse to myself is the power the enemy has over me, and I give them power by agreeing with them with my anxiety. My anxiety is indulging that is indulging agreeance with the enemy, but indulging my faith? practicing it uh, making it stronger is agreeing with God so what caused their heart to be hard unbelief keep reading
1: immaturity causes unbelief this is the reason for a community of believers so we can exhort or uplift one another. Yes,
0: so I want you to be in a community of believers. Yes, they're going to stumble. Yes, you're going to stumble. <laughs> they're going to stumble. You're going to stumble. We're all going to. We're all flesh. But in maturity, uh, kids are eyes on man and off of God. Maturity says, um, "I'm going to the house of the Lord to worship God. I'm not going to fix anybody, to correct anybody, to." Um, Talk about them. I'm just going to worship God, and if you go with that heart that says, "Lord, I'm coming. I don't care what it looks like. I'm coming." Hebrews three eighteen. If we are anxious, what should we look for in our heart?
1: And to whom did God swear that they would never enter His rest, if not to those who disobeyed?
0: So disobedience makes my heart hard. A sign of unbelief or a lack of trusting in God is anxiety. There is no peaceful rest in disobedience. So if I'm anxious, I need to look for where am I disobeying? Well, I'm probably just not trusting Him, just not claiming the promises, just not talking to Him about it, and not moving my circumstances to the altar. But I'm being have the deceitfulness of riches and the cares of the world instead of setting my affections on things above. uh, You know, counting all things good and all things for his glory so hebrews 3:19 again what will keep us from entering into his rest
1: so we see that they were not able to enter Because of their unbelief.
0: There it is is again unbelief. He just keeps repeating it, doesn't it? He wants you to understand. When God repeats something (coughs) two or three times in several verses, he wants you to understand this is what needs to be addressed. If you want to enter into my rest, if you want to have my peace, you're gonna have to believe. Okay, so what's the promise in Hebrews
1: four one? Therefore, since the promise of entering his rest still stands, let us be careful that none of you be found to have fallen short of it
0: so entering in his rest is me embracing a contented peaceful heart the promise of rest is me living to is If we live in anxiety, fear, and stress, it is because we aren't living by the promises. Learn to preach the promises of God to yourself. So as you're reading the Word, I need you to meditate on the promises of God so that you can go in and claim them. You can claim that land of milk and honey. Yes, there's going to be giants. Yes, there's going to be battles. But it doesn't matter. You can stand still and see what the Lord's going to do for you. Hebrews 4, 2, what does the Word need to be mixed with for it to profit us?
1: For we also have the good news proclaimed to us, just as they did. But the message they heard was of no value to them, because they did not share the faith of those who obeyed.
0: Oh, wow. Oh, 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 wait. The message was of no value? Well, what's the value? The value is for me to have a peaceful heart. Yeah. So without my faith added to the Word of God, it will not benefit me. Faith is a gift, but I must intentionally activated, and pray for more faith when I need it. Lord, uh, help my own belief. I believe, but help my own belief. I must seek more of God to be able to enter into this rest. So Hebrews 4, 3, if we believe, what is our earthly reward?
1: Now we who have believed enter that rest, just as God had said.
0: Oh, so if I believe, if I truly believe, I'm going to have peace. So my anxiety is a signal to me that I have forgotten to trust God. That so how long ago did God prepare for us to enter into His rest?
1: And Yeah, His works have been finished since the creation of the world.
0: Hmm. So He prepared this rest for me from the foundation of the earth. So what did God do on the seventh day?
1: For somewhere... He has spoken about the seventh day in these words, on the seventh day God rested from all his works.
0: So God rested on the seventh day. This is rehearsed in Hebrews 4.4. 4. So why do you think God rested?
1: Not because he was tired, but as an example to us.
0: <laughs> so, he wants us to learn to rest in
1: him. I never so, even thought of it like that ever, till just today.
0: Yeah. This is an amazing lesson. <clears throat> amazing. Yeah. I mean, this is life-changing, Josh. If you can get this, nothing is going to flip you. There's not going to be any ground under your feet that's not solid or rock. You're not going to be on the quicksand of anxiety being sucked in by the circumstances of life. Ever again, because you're going to have the power of faith. So Hebrews four six does preaching or hearing the good news bring us into rest?
1: Therefore, since it still remains for some to enter that rest, and since those who formerly had the good news proclaimed to them did not go in because of their disobedience,
0: hmm. so no, it's a choice for me to hear the good news and for me to receive the promises. That's on me. His word is there. His promises are there, but I have to receive it. Yeah. I have to say, Lord. I trust you more than I trust my power to go try to fix things. So, what keeps us from entering God's rest?
1: Disobedience. Yeah,
0: obey everything you know to obey, just do your best. And you know, that starts small. So the Lord just gives me one thing and if I obey it He gives me another thing and if I obey that He gives me another thing if I get stuck and think mm, nah I ain't doing that mm-hmm. <laughs> I can get stuck there for a year until the mm-hmm. Lord's like how's it working for you little girl <laughs> how, how much how much do you want to sit there so what are the two commands in Hebrews 4 7
1: God again set a certain day calling it today. this He did when a long time later He spoke through David as in a passage already quoted, today, if you hear His voice, do not harden your hearts.
0: Well, there it is twice in this lesson. Hear His voice, don't harden your heart. So how do we know when we have entered into His rest?
1: So we will stop doing your own works. Yeah, read the verse. For anyone who enters God's rest also rest from their works, just as God did from His. Okay,
0: now this was profound. But when I feel my anxiety, I'm doing my own work. And I'm like, Whoa okay your yoke is easy your burdens light this doesn't feel easy or light this feels very anxious very fearful Mm -hmm. cast your cares on me because i care for you so as i start rehearsing that word then i okay your yoke is easy and light okay your burdens are all right you care for me so i just stop doing my own work okay as long as i'm anxious i'm doing my own work i've got to set with this move it to you and ask to stop doing my own stuff And as soon as I stop trying to fix it, God takes over. So if I'm anxious and not emotionally resting, I am doing my own work. (laughs) That's profound, isn't it? Yeah. Hebrews 4.11, what should we make every effort to do?
1: Let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest, so that no one will perish by following their example of disobedience.
0: And disobedience was? un.
1: Unbelief. Yes. Disobedience. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So the opposite of resting is disobedience of unbelief. So just not believing God, I think. I think that's going to stop His blessings. That's yeah. going to stop up the flow. It's going to be like the flow of the Holy Spirit was coming and now you're like, oh, wait, can't believe on that. <laughs> and then it's like you just stuck a rag in it and <laughs> it can only trickle. And uh, we got to be aware that if we want that flow of His joy and His peace, then we've got to unstop that flow by just believing, Lord, I'm, I, I don't know what you're doing, but I trust you. So what will conquer our unbelief?
1: Word of God, for the Word of God is alive and active.
0: Yes. So how is the Word of God described in Hebrews 4.12?
1: It is described as a sword, living and active, quick and powerful, sharper than a double-edged sword, penetrating, piercing, and dividing the soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges, discerns thoughts and the attitude, intention, motives of the heart.
0: Hmm. So the Word of God is going to be living and active. It's, It's going to like separate my spirit and my soul. So remember the spirit is the part of me that's filled with the Holy Spirit. It's the part that died in the Garden of Eden and now when it comes alive I don't want to quench that with my anxiety because if I quench it with unbelief and my anxiety I go into my soulish mind man, which is my mind, will, and emotions, so I'm being ruled by emotions. And now uh, I'm under darkness. I'm in the wilderness. I'm not crossing over Jordan and claiming the promises. So I want to make sure that I'm speaking to myself with that active, living Word, and the Word becomes active when I mix it with faith. So is there anything hidden from God in Hebrews 4.13?
1: nothing in all creation is hidden from god's sight everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give account.
0: So nothing is hidden from God. So even if I have sinned, even if I have done wrong, if I'll just say, "Lord, I repent. I return to you. I acknowledge my weaknesses, my fleshly, carnal attitudes, my unbelief, my sin, whatever it might be, I lay it on the altar and I ask you to redeem it because he is the great redeemer. And I know that you can make something good out of something that was meant for evil. And you just start doing the right thing again. You just pick yourself up. I mean, it you only need five minutes to turn yourself around you don't need to sit there for five months beating yourself up you know if you've sinned if you've stumbled if if you've done something you said you wouldn't do and then you did it instead of sitting there and letting it defeat you for the next six months or six years and giving up i just want you to lay it on the altar and say lord you can redeem this so hebrews four fourteen through 16
1: jesus is our high priest He he sympathizes with our weaknesses, so what should we do?
0: So there he is. He's saying, "I, I know you're weak. I know you're made out of dirt. I know it. So therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses. Look at that. Look at that. He's being very empathetic with me. But... We have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. So let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. So, what am I to do?
1: Come come confidently or boldly to the throne of grace.
0: So, what should I ask for when I get to that throne?
1: Mercy and grace.
0: Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy on me. Lord, you know my flesh is weak. Lord, bring uh, intercession for me. Um, have have that grace and that mercy on me that you can redeem all. So, what are some practical ways to have a to say a wholehearted yes to God?
1: Being obedient.
0: Yeah, just being obedient, Lord. I believe. Help my unbelief. Yeah. And what should this obedience look like?
1: righteousness. Yeah,
0: I'm just going to do the next right thing. Yeah. And how do how do I know how to quiet my own heart from anxiety?
1: Believe in God, go to him in yeah. prayer.
0: Just go to him and say, Lord help me. I want to believe. Help me to believe. And and just literally realizing that I'm helpless, I'm powerless, I'm flesh. I've got to move out of that soulish man where my emotions rule me and move back into the Holy Spirit. And it says, Quench not the Holy Spirit. Well, I can quench him when I don't believe. And then it says, Test not, you know don't test God. Well, I'm testing him by arguing with him and telling him he doesn't know what he's doing in my life. He's he's set up this stuff in my life so that I can see what needs to come out of me. Because it says in James, it says if you're tempted, if you're drug away, it's not God that tempted you. It's the lust that's in you. So every time I'm stumbling, I can see right in front of my face what it is I need to deal with what it is I need purified and cleansed from, and what it is God's trying to redeem. So we want you to be able to live in a heart of belief, resting in God, trusting in Him, and being confident always. Can you pray us out of here, Josh?
1: Mm -hmm. Dear Lord, Heavenly Father, we just Mm -hmm. come to you ask you to look over each and everybody listening in on this. Mm -hmm. We just ask you to look over everybody that ain't. Uh, God, we just want to come to you humbly and tell you how much we love you, Father. First and foremost, we love you. Uh, we just ask you to look over anybody with anxiety out there, be their light, be their attachment they need. God, uh, we just tell you how much we love you. In Jesus Christ's name, Amen. Amen. Teach us to rest, O oh Lord.
0: Teach us to rest. And thanks for joining us. This was the Rocker Recovery.
1: This is Josh Vaughn.
0: And this was Angie Meadows. And you can find us again on Podbean, Spotify, iTunes, Pandora, under The Rocker Recovery. You can find the books on Amazon.com under Angie G. Meadows under Rocker Recovery. also have Enabler's Books for Enabler's Journey. And I have some Bible study books on there. So we will see you next time.